Hello and welcome back to World Leaders and Gift Giving. It's more complicated than you think podcast. Again, I'm Martha McPhee, and today we are going to talk about how gift giving and receiving between world leaders came about and why it's still so important today. The history of diplomatic gift giving is a long and particular one. The age-old custom of foreign dignitaries passing on tokens of goodwill goes back to the dawn of civilization, though often these gifts have had ulterior motives. For hundreds of years, leaders across tribes and empires have exchanged land, money, food, animals, people to foster peace and good relationships. Today, these items have been replaced by things like fancy jewelry, art, priceless books, but the motivations remain the same. We can look back at the gifts given to ancient Egyptian pharaohs on their coronation day, or the day they transformed into God, as a congratulations, or how the heads of each town gave the emperors of ancient Rome gifts so they would continue to provide protection. During the Middle Ages, Valuable gifts were often food-based and were intended to be a symbol of power. If people wanted to get political or religious favors or even show loyalty, giving gifts was the way forward. Throughout Europe, to get an audience with a king or queen, one was required to bring a lavish gift. Across our history, we see gifts as a form of appreciation, payment, loyalty, bribery, and so much more. While hundreds of years ago, it was obvious what the gift meant to those receiving it, now, between diplomatic leaders, it can be a bit more tricky. In the next four episodes, we'll really explore the real meaning behind gifts given between heads of state and how those gifts were perceived by the person receiving it, and why it's important to always have a gift to provide in return. One person I thought was important to bring up in this episode was Pierre Bourdieu a French notable sociologist and anthropologist who wrote an article in 1997 where he said, On the surface, the gift indicates a non-selfish act. It seems generous and free from obligation, but simultaneously, it is never entirely void of constraint and cost. The act of giving places the receiver in a position of obligation. So to ensure these leaders are never placed in a position of debt, obligation, or even to look like they're being bribed, they must always have a gift ready to give back in return. So how are these heads of state always ready with a gift? And such a thoughtful one at that. Okay, well, this is where the protocol officer comes in. While picking and choosing a gift ultimately rests with a diplomat, usually each officer or representative have a gift officer that is the protocol officer or that person resides in their protocol office. These people work behind the scenes to prepare what they hope will be the perfect gift. Weeks, sometimes months, before a foreign dignitary arrives, the gift officer consults with experts from the State Department and embassy staff, both in their country and abroad, on customs and taboos of that leader's country, as well as that leader's interests and hobbies. Gift officers also have a gift list, which shows what gifts were previously given, which ensures there's not a repeat gift, or at least something really similar. These heads of states are not 
are giving out hundreds of gifts a year. So you can see why it would be hard to remember everything without writing it down. Also, something you should know is one requirement for most countries is that the gift must be from the country and not outsourced. So every gift President Biden gives is made in the U.S. In the U.S., a gift received or given should not exceed $375. However, certain diplomats that report to the State Department can have their gifts donated or paid for by third parties, which allow for unlimited funds when choosing a gift. So if you're a diplomat in the States with the right friends or know the right people, you can really give anything you want. Also, it's important to note that each gift that exceeds $375 and given to a U.S. diplomat does not belong to him or her, but the American people. If it's over that value, it's stored away and likely forgotten unless the dignitary who has received it offers to buy it from the state, which is rare. But Hillary Clinton did do it with a $970 necklace she received in October of 2012 from a Myanmar opposition leader. Each country has their own rules on how diplomats receive gifts, the cost of the gifts, and if they retain them. And it's important as a protocol officer or gift officer that we know these rules for other countries as well. Another cool thing a gift or protocol officer um, is that they have closets or in the State Department, they have huge vaults of gifts that rain from inexpensive pens to fancy jewelry and statues. They keep these around so that there's always things on hand for world leaders to give. You can see how much effort goes into finding the right gift for each occasion and diplomat. Okay, well, that's it for today. So thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time when we talk about when good gift intentions go horribly wrong.